gentlemen, you are now tuned in to the Bros. We ask that you kick back, relax, and even grab a few snacks. We the Bros with the goal, and you already know the area code. 314 Radio Rose here every Thursday. Now, without further ado, let's get the show underway. What's up, my peoples? We back again. You know it's the Rogues. I don't have to get this explanation every week. You know who we are, what we about. Josiah Brown on the ones and twos. B robbing the bank. Always keeping the music on lock. You know how we coming. So, I'm going to let my boys speak. How y'all feeling today? Jesus is the one. Here you go. We doing good, Chris. <laughs> if that means anything that Brandon just said, we doing good. Thank you, Thank you Josiah. I, I don't know what Brandon was doing there. I'll I give him one more chance, though. Brandon, how you feeling today, homie? Jeez, I'm doing good. I ain't gonna say shit, y'all. I'm talking about playing like this. <laughs> that's a that's a feeling. You can, that can be my answer. Ain't nothing wrong with that. I'm going to let you live. Anyways, we're back for another episode, episode five of season two. If you haven't checked out all our other episodes, go do that right now. You already know where we're on. Spotify, Apple Music, Podbean, Podomatic, you name it. We're probably on there. Just look us up. You can also find us on the Instagram at RogueOnes underscore podcast. So I think I've done an introduction for the day. You already know we roll out with the music first. My boy Brandon, nonstop hip hop on the ones and twos, ready for it. So I'm gonna go ahead and give it to him. So what's up, Brandon? You're the single mania, everybody. It's the time of the year when people try to promote their albums coming out in 2020. So they're just dropping a whole bunch of teasers. We got 21 Savage. We talked about this on the Xbox party. 21 Savage dropped his song called Immortal, which was teasered on the latest Mortal Kombat game. So he finally dropped the song, and it's a banger, bro. It's a banger. I was not expecting 21 Savage to like come out with anything just because he dropped, you know, last December. So I was like, maybe he's just gonna take a break with music. But nah, he already he already hitting out the park already, but I think this is just a teaser for like more stuff that he got since so we already heard this on Old Mortal Kombat. But hey, 21 Savage is a changed man. Like I seen this one teaser on Twitter. Where this man's like poking fun at the memes. Where he remember like not too long ago how he got arrested by ISIS. Yeah. Or not ISIS, but you know ICE. There we go. Yeah. Ooh, you gotta be careful with that. <laughs> you gotta be careful with that. But he got arrested by ICE about the whole international problem and you know him him uh, his his visa expiring. Mm-hmm. So he got a song where he was like, you know, I'm from the UK, but y'all acting like these AKs ain't gonna spray spray. And I was like, oh man, <laughs> this man is this man is in his bag. Uh, let's see Miguel came out with a new song Frank Ocean dropped his second single of this year so I think he's got stuff coming out um, of, I don't know if anybody's hip on ga- you said, what's up? I said Frank Ocean I ain't heard that name in a while he ain't dropped since 2016 bro we I know his fan base is waiting I'm like an outside Frank Ocean fan like I'm gonna listen to it but I'm not gonna like I'm not in a rush to listen to his stuff but Frank Ocean is that guy. His his writing mechanics and his song structure is amazing. So that's that's Frank Ocean for you. Um, I don't know if y'all hip on Gangstar. Y'all know DJ Premier, right? Yeah. Yeah. So DJ Premier, you know, back in the day, he had a a duo. It was him and this artist called Guru, who passed, I believe, in two thousand three. He was gunned down, and he's like was actually dope MC. So I guess some of the, I guess. 
Premier had like a few more vocal tracks of his, so they collaborated on the album. Like of course a, a post Humans album for Gangstar. J. Cole's featured on there. You got Royce the Five Nine. It's so far I've heard it's this has been getting great reviews. But since, you know, Guru is a kind of a thing of the past, it's not gonna blow up as much. So it's like that's a, it's like a contemporary hip hop moment. So shout out to contemporary hip hop listeners out there. Uh, <laughs> bro, I feel like I feel like when you get into a group, like when you when you come into uh, the music industry in a group and break up, that's the best come up because the One Direction, <laughs> since they've been in the game, bro, they've had successful solo careers, and it was only a group. Well, what it seemed like to me for like two years, and it was like, all right, this did. We about to do our own solo career. That's like the <laughs> biggest lick of all time. Cause y'all remember Zane, bro. The only thing that I remember Zane, like that was notable that he had, was Pillow Talk, oh. and uh, that's on that was on Fifty Shades of Grey with Taylor Swift. Yeah. Uh, so he coming out with some new music, and that led me to believe. That led me to think about Justin Bieber, like how he hasn't came out since 2016. And I'm like, am I thirsty for some more Bieber music? Cause his last album was heat. His last album was some heat, but he teased his last album. Uh, let's see. His last album was Purpose, so he had uh, Where Are You Now? Sorry. Uh, yeah, Sorry. Okay. Um, it was that time of year. <laughs> yeah, he had he had like at least five singles on there, and they probably all went platinum by now. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I remember now. Yeah. Yeah. So and he he had like features with Travis Scott, so of course you know I'm already tapped in. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I'm I'm thinking Bieber might come out at least not probably not by the end of this year, but probably sometime during the next. He he like put a remix on um, Mini Man by Fifty Cent and previewed it on Instagram, and I'm not feeling that, bro. You, you don't you know something some things just don't need to be played with and definitely not by you. So <laughs> I feel like you should just you know <laughs> you know like he he's a different he's a changed man. He got I know he's married now so. I don't know. Bieber might have something to say. But other than that, I want to finish this off with Kanye, bro. So, we know, we talked a lot about Kanye last week. Mm-hmm. Jesus King went number one. He got the new album coming on uh, Christmas. So, I remember we had this discussion a while ago. Is is you know, the whole idea of the old Kanye. And y'all say, you know, I feel like the old Kanye can still... Do y'all still think the old Kanye exists at this point? Because I'm standing on the fact that it does not. And when I, okay, I guess we should also put in context what old Kanye is. So I think about like, you know, 2004 all the way to 2000, like seven, eight ish Kanye. So that's the college dropout all the way through graduation time period. And I'm talking about the same person that said Bush don't like black people. (laughs) I'm talking about the same person that said, you know, those with the highest love have the lowest self-esteem. The ones that was dro- the kind that was dropping knowledge on an everyday basis that was beneficial to not everybody, but mostly people of color, black people. <laughs> mm. So, do y'all still like that Kanye still exists? I'm let I'm gonna kick y'all forward, bro. I'm gonna say yes, but before I go on to explain my reasoning, I'm not saying. It- the way Kanye goes about things is right. I don't agree with how he goes about certain things. Like pretty, pretty much his whole like Magarant and all that. I don't agree with none of that. And all his like slavery comments, I don't agree with none of it. But 
I say the point is I feel like the old Kanye is still there because I feel like Kanye is a person that no matter what his whatever he feels his mission is, he's going to give all of himself to whatever he feels his mission is. So let's say when Kanye first came out, Kanye's main thing has always been like empowering black people to get on to get to these places that, you know, rich white people have to get up to their status to, you know, pretty much own our own our own land, own our own stuff and stop, you know, pretty much clout chasing it and all that pretty much. So his mission has always been that it's just been the way he goes about it. It's a little bit different, but he'll, I think Kanye would even say himself that he took a different approach because the whole, pretty much just making songs about it and ranting and going off and just pretty much being a smash mouth person wasn't getting him nowhere. And I'm not saying the method that he's taking now is necessarily getting him in better places that well, quote unquote, the old Kanye was getting him, but I mean, he feels like he's in a better place spiritually and everything. He feels like he's getting more done now than he was then. And if you look at it, like as much as people hate Kim Kardashian and hate uh, Kanye and Kim relationship, or however, whatever percentage of that relationship is just about clout, they they've done some things in that marriage that that helps you know people minorities and all that. They have a, they're pretty much working in the justice system right now. So I say that just to say I feel like Kanye's end goal has always been the same. Now his his methods along the way has definitely changed. But yeah, so I think so old Kanye. But you saying he's just taking inspiring to a different level this time? It's not through music; it's just through other things. Yeah, music can only get you so far. I mean, we can all music is a universal language. You can all sit down. We can all buy to music. We can all agree on music. But at the end of the day is these records I'm putting out helping like is it making is it making a difference it can make a difference in someone's life individually but is it changing the fact of how the justice system works is it changing the way like pretty much how the eyes are set against uh the culture and all that so I feel like on top of making music he decides to go through different avenues whether it's fashion you know kicking down the doors of fashion so now all these other rappers quote unquote who are coming through the door after him can you know get their names at high places in the fashion world also because how many rappers did we see even at these fashion shows and stuff before we start seeing like Kanye, Jay-Z, and P. Diddy at them you didn't see many rappers at fashion shows period but now you see them go there and it just kicks down the door and that just goes to say I just feel like his mission has always been the same it's just get to get black people in higher places and to get to different places you gotta do different things so yeah, that's my take on it I like that take on it. That's kind of where I was actually going to go with the two. We all know that Kanye switches up a lot, but like what Chris is saying, like his end goal has pretty much always been the same. Like we always knew what this dude was after for like the beginning. So I feel like, yeah, sometimes his routes aren't always the best ones to take because we've seen a lot of different projects that he try to elevate to different things. And we're like, eh, maybe this one isn't it or man, maybe this one is it. But at the end of the day, you know, like if he feels like his mission is getting completed, what he's doing now, then I'm all for it. Because like we said, Kanye is always evolving. So, I mean, this may not be even the final step or his final form, as some might say. Maybe he's still evolving to something else. So, we'll see. I don't know, bro. It's, it's just not only the Trump thing and the MAGA has stuff left a lot of bad taste in people's mouth. And I don't know how he can come back from that at all. So, it's, that's it's not gonna be um, that's like the main thing. Yeah. I think I think it'd be that hindered his step. You said what? That hindered his step a lot, and it still is. 
I'm not even talking, and that, I'm not even talking about the uh, the whole slavery was a choice thing. Not only was that a big mess up, clearly, mm. but it's just that that whole the whole last year, beginning of this year, was just bad. It's just like that kind of gave me the idea that like, no, nah, it's clipped for him. I'm, and I'm, don't get me wrong, I do agree that he's doing doing changing stuff for the quote unquote culture in certain avenues, but he's not linked into like minorities as much. Cause like the whole the whole justice system is primarily Kim's whole thing, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Mm. I mean, what I about to say? What point did you make earlier on about Kanye? About Trump or the whole Mac, uh him in the MAGA hat and everything? Yeah. You said that. Like, you said that left a bad taste in the, and a, a lot of people's mouths. Yeah, like. That, and that's kind of what made kind of confirmed that there is no such thing as an old Kanye no more. Uh, what was I about to say about? I mean, I think it'd be one like how you said it's clear for him. I think it'd be one thing if he was doing all this and he was trying to backtrack and like say he's sorry or clearly show that he's trying to win everyone back. I mean, the slavery comments he did go back and clear up, even though I still think like. He still said the wrong the wrong thing on air, but he did go back and clear that up for those who were you know getting on him about it. But either way, I would say that to say it'd be one thing if he was trying to backtrack and get everyone's approval to hop back and love him again. But he's mm-hmm. doing all this and he's not even searching back for approval for it. Like he doesn't care. And I once again, I think that's one thing he'll say himself. He he's not looking for approval from the culture for from anybody. Well, he definitely is from anybody, but that's a different discussion for another day but we definitely know that when it comes to how we view or how we view him as an aspect of just a musician or artist or a rapper he doesn't care about how you view him as that anymore because he's just trying to do different things so, I, mean, I mean you can you can say the old yay is gone in terms of I mean he's not making that, that style of music no more or mm. preaching that way no more but I mean, the just his attitude to whatever his mission is is still the, like that's always been Kanye. He's devoted himself yeah. to anything he's done. Yeah. And to a certain extent, when it came to the music, and like you know, he always had like discussion of having writers and stuff like that. So it kind of made me feel like the earlier part of his career was just a gimmick. Sometimes. That's right. Probably still yeah. finding his place in the music industry. So that's probably what ruined it. Like, so essentially, there was no old Kanye. There, it was just a gimmick that got him. That got that like he won people's approval, like he got people on his side early, and then after he progressed and all the tragic things that happened to him, or you know, uh, controversial things that happened to him, that's when people started to get off the Kanye bandwagon. So it's like he started off with the wave, and then as waves started hitting, you know, people started falling off. So like you said, like maybe this might have been his whole agenda the whole time, but he tried to use like a, a of course like an ethnic cultural gimmick to you know early to you know start the wave I think he just at the higher up he went is I think he talks about as far up as he goes like so starting with with college drop on late registration where he's at he was pretty, he was like us minorities and everyone just trying to get his foot in the door and everything he mm-hmm. was grinding making beats pretty much just for years straight just grinding 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 so we can relate to that message and everything so then he got a bit of success then you see graduation and all that I mean we like graduation but let, but not a lot of people really rock with graduation as much as they was 
college dropout and everything because we just really couldn't relate to it. Then he switched up, changed his sound in uh, 808s and Heartbreak and uh, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. And what he's talking about there is just something above our level, even in that sense. I mean, unless you can relate to it from a heartbreak level, but outside of that, the things he's talking about, we just can't even relate to. Then Watch mm-hmm. the Dawn comes and he's just still on a whole nother ninjas in Paris, bro. <laughs> Yeah. We can't we can't relate to that, bro. We can't relate to none of that. So yeah. I'm just saying that to say the higher up he went, like he just he keeps his music on the level that he's on, either financially, spiritually, or just whatever class he's in. Mm-hmm. And so now, what, what was his lab before uh, this Jesus the King and uh, yeah, yeah, before yeah, what was the, what Life of Pablo and all that? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, man, just talking about his father, like fatherhood, pretty much. Mm. Yeah, I just think Kanye just talks about whatever whatever point he's at in his life is what he's going to talk about in his music, which everyone everyone should do because what's the point of making music if you ain't talking about nothing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah but to keep it honest, I, I didn't I lost the whole insight of the quote unquote old Kanye since after Jesus, bro. After Jesus, I was like, yeah, it's clip. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I think he can see it. He can probably... Well, I don't think he can make come back as a time of an artist. But I do feel like Kanye's going to be one of those people that the uh, at the end of it all, then people will see what he was trying to do. Or at least understand. It may not be right, but we can be like, I, I can see where you was coming from. I hope so. <laughs> for his sake. Yeah. But <clears throat> that's all That's all you got for the music, right? Before yeah, for ball. sure. All right, mm-hmm. well, switching topics here. We got some NBA things to talk about. Before I get into the nitty-gritty, because y'all know I like to talk about my Lakers a lot, I'm going to give somebody else some shine first. Devin Booker of the Phoenix Suns. I don't yes. think anyone, anyone expected this. I mean, Devin Booker is a baller. Let's not, not act like he's not. He's averaging 26 points per game, five assists, no three rebounds. So he's doing Devin Booker-like things. But the Suns are sitting at five and two. Right now in the West, I think they hold the third place spot or the fourth place spot. Either way, it's a playoff spot. I know it's early in the season. We're only like six or seven games in. The Suns have been surprised. They don't have their star center, DeAndre Aiden, and pretty much it's uh, Devin Booker. And from what I see, Ricky Rubio carrying the way. Do we think that the Suns... From what, how they're looking, do you think they should still try to rebuild, get some more pieces around them, and probably try to make another crack at it next year? Or you see what Devin Booker is doing, you see that you're sitting at five and two, and you're like, shoot, let's run the table, let's see how far we can take this. What, what do you do for the gym in that situation? I don't think it's gonna last long. <laughs> like, do we know when Devin Booker is a free agent? Because I feel Uh-oh. like he's out of there. I don't think it's if it's not this year, it might be next year. I'm not sure. I'll have the information for it. We'll talk about it next week. <laughs> like to the point where his talent is, I feel like he's out of there, bro. Where whenever he's a free agent, he's just like in a sense tanking for himself. But who the sun? Who didn't? Uh, who recently got suspended? Was it somebody on the Suns? DeAndre Ayton. DeAndre Ayton, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I don't know, man. Like they kind of already. Within they rebuild like they're on the they're on the the top the top shelf of their rebuild right now they just need like probably need a few more pieces like as far as the, like from a veteran standpoint so I feel like once they get those we gonna really see how this team is but if it still ends up like the bottom of the barrel like you know eight seed or maybe like shot from the playoffs I feel like you know Devin Booker's out of there just because he's just going crazy by himself. 
I don't know. I think I think they should try to run the tables a little bit. You got mm-hmm. the, the Warriors clearly out of the picture right now. And then I say outside of the first probably five seeds in the West, the next three are maybe are pretty much up in the air. So it's a good chance. I mean, I'm not gonna say it's a good chance, but it's a chance for the Suns to maybe do something here. Like you know, like think about it, like if, if the Pelicans turn around when they get Zion back, that's one spot I think. Um, low key, low key, the Kings are doing better mm-hmm. <laughs> with, but like not too much better. But I don't know. I feel like they could they could try to get bottom of the barrel. Or I'm sorry, not the, I'm sure not the Kings, the the Trailblazers. I'm about to say Luke Walton is taking that team down through shambles. <laughs> yeah, my bad. Yeah, my bad. My bad. The Trailblazers and the Spurs are like the, the two teams that are outside. The, well, you know, the league just started, but they're the ones that's like the ninth seed and tenth seed currently. Mm-hmm. So I feel like they can easily take the spot as that's well. Um, it just. Devin Booker's going to have to carry him, though, if the Suns do make it. He's definitely going to have to carry them on a night-in, night-out basis. Not everybody got it like that, bro. (laughs) I don't know too many shooting guards that can hold it down that's not Kobe Bryant. (laughs) Look, man, I'm going to say it right now. I'm not saying that man's Kobe, so that's not where I'm going with this. But Devin Booker is built different. (laughs) That man is a bucket. And I think if it's any shooting guard in this league that can carry their team, it'll definitely be him. It'll definitely be him. <laughs> yeah. But like you uh, said earlier, if he is, I do feel like he's going to shake the suns whenever free agency comes around. I got this uh, slight feeling. I don't think it's actually going to end up happening, but I wouldn't be surprised if it does that him, D'Lo, and uh, Carl Anthony Towns tried to get on the same team if they was all yeah. able to. Because we all know they're homeboys and their friendship is pretty much everywhere. So I wouldn't be surprised if either all three of them or at least two of them ended up on the same team. Now, now, actually, yeah, that'll submit, that'll submit the Suns' rebuild. But as for this season, I think the Suns should push the table. You never know what could happen. Clearly, the West is wide. I mean, it's not wide open. You got my boys up top, but. Yeah, it's pretty wide open. It's pretty wide open after that. <laughs> it's, it's pretty, pretty wide, wide open, open bro. So I'm not, I'm not going to write the Suns off this season yet. But not yet. But moving on. Since I had, you know, I had to talk about my boys today. My Lakers. Ever since opening night, where we took that loss to the Clippers, we have been six and oh, Brandon six and oh. Ooh, Ooh well, LeBron be, is we, back. Did, did we beat your Bulls yesterday? Huh? Yeah, but what was the score though? Huh? I, that was a close game for just the Mizley. <laughs> that but was what, a close game. What, what happened though? What happened though? Bruh. That was a close game, though, bro. In, in the word of my boy Shannon Sharp, old Goat Jane showed up last night and missed triple dope, bro. Okay. <laughs> it was still a close game, bro. I don't care. Y'all took a hell. <laughs> Kobe, Kobe White had 18 on y'all. Zach Levine had 26. But they were we doing good. About the white when they we, were we doing we doing we doing our thing. But we you know our record not looking too hot. But it's, it's, it's still like early. two and six. We still early. It's still early, bro. It's still early. Moral of the story. My boys be on the sixth game winning streak. The trade for Anthony Davis is looking like it's paying off for the time being. He just won Western Conference Player of the Week. I don't see I don't see nobody else powerful in the league when winning Conference Player of the Week. 
That's I all mean, I'm saying. Either way, Giannis is basically a power forward, and he won too. But <laughs> okay, I'll see. Yeah, eighty. Either who, anywho, Lakers still six game win streak, first time since 2010, and we all know what happened that year. I ain't gonna jinx it though, but y'all know. If not, y'all can look it up. Do your homework. Just know we we got that rank. <clears throat> Yeah, I just feel like the table's gonna turn a little bit when come Christmas, bro. It's gonna, it's gonna be a little different. <laughs> well, you you want to know, know my honest take? What's up? We're gonna run the tables currently. I feel like whenever uh, Rajon Rondo come back from his calf injury, I feel like the Lakers are gonna struggle a bit uh, fitting him inside the rotation because I feel like they're gonna try to uh, snub Alex Caruso of his minutes just to uh, you know feel Rondo's minutes and. People might not know it, but Alex Caruso is a key piece on that team. And what do you mean people don't know it? People don't know it, bro. People will sleep. <laughs> bro, that is, that is a forbidden. That is not even a forbidden fact. Everybody knows that, bro. People thought we were joking when we started the Alice Caruso talk on the Lakers. That's the new white chocolate. <laughs> bro, they thought we were joking. So now that they see it's for real, you know the boy by the bucket. But either way, I feel like when Rondo comes back, it's going to be hard at first adjusting minutes around him. Quinn Cook and uh, Alice Caruso. So I feel like they're going to have a couple games where they struggle. And if Rondo does come back and he does assume roles as a starting point guard, I kind of feel like they may step on the toes of point guard James right now. And I think y'all better, trade, y'all better trade him and KCP and hope for the best. I don't know about trading Rondo, though, because I just feel like Rondo's going to be a great asset come play, uh, playoff time. I mean, but y'all got all that faith in Davis right now. That that should double Rondo's uh, purpose or role. What you mean? Like AD? Like he he got it right? Yeah, he got it right. So what you need a Rondo for? <laughs> because we saw what they did in New Orleans, and we want them to do that in LA. <laughs> nah, man. <laughs> yes. We're going to need Rondo at some point in the season. I feel like he's going to be around playoff time. But when him first coming back from that cabin injury, I feel like they're going to have a little rough patch where they struggle. But in the end of the day, I do feel like the Lakers, we finish off top seed in the East, if not number two. Cruz, we get a ring. That's my end production prediction here. I say we go to the finals. Uh, Bron, MVP of the finals, you know what I mean? AD might be MVP of the league this year. You know, something light, something light. But, you know, that's just my take. You said what? Well, I said he ain't going to win no MVP with no low management, bro. AD ain't got low management. That boy, I'm talking about Bron. Bron ain't got no low management. That's, come on now. Well, when he sit out this year? He about too soon, bro. When? Where? I said he's about too soon. <laughs> what game? Circle it on the calendar so I know not to buy a ticket for that one. I'm weak. Probably the one that you're trying to go to. <laughs> against John Morant. Yo, you said, the yeah, the, against John Morant, you know, you yeah. would not be seeing LeBron. <laughs> I'd be heated because that would be the second time in my life where he's done that to me. Hey, he heard, he heard you was coming. He heard through the airways, bro. No. But anywho, since you did mention that low management, that boy Kawhi, is about to miss a game. I actually took uh what tonight. He's gonna miss a game. What they're playing the whenever they play the Milwaukee Bucks, he's gonna be missing that game. So why would he do that? <laughs> low management. Yeah, we got the game. Bro. Nah, that's the that's that's a finals contender right there. He doesn't play. That's you but that's the thing. He, he he's not playing against the Bucks, but he's gonna play in their next game. I don't remember who it's against, but it's definitely not a contender. 
the the Trailblazers. So the games they don't need him. <laughs> the games that really don't matter. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but if that boy Brian would sit out for some old management, oh, it'd be the end of times for the NBA media. I don't got no problem with that. <laughs> I don't got no problem with low management, honestly. Like, I mean, yeah, it, it's nothing really wrong with that because, like, of course, it, it's just, it just shows you a, t- a sign of the times, bro. Like, players can really sit down if they need to. Like, but it's, we can just play, we can just blame that on the Spurs because they've been doing that for the longest. Facts. I think Kawhi actually had a serious injury, though. Yeah, that might, yeah that, that, might be fatal, that might be fatal to his yeah. career. Yeah, I think it's uh, whatever he's dealing with for the lower management. I think it's a situation that's only gonna get worse, and it's only gonna cause like it's only gonna get worse from here. It's because the knee's only gonna last you so long, bro. I feel like he might have a like a maybe a slightly better weight situation, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I don't know. It's hard, it's hard to tell right now. Just be, but watching the finals last year, well, looking back at it, you can definitely see in some games where Kawhi played like real long minutes where it started to wear on him and he'll start limping up the court or limping down the court and you can just like just see the wear and tear on his body. So mm-hmm. I just kind of wonder going into the playoffs again, especially now being back in the West where it's not necessarily as easy as, as, easy as it was in the East where the first round you may be faced off with a legit title contender that can go seven games with you. So it'd be interesting with that now being the case, how does low management play a role for Kawhi and how how much low management will he be receiving throughout the season? Right. Mm. It's one thing. I just first off, the Clippers, they get on my nerves. I wanna see Kawhi do good, but I just don't want him I don't want to see him do good for the Clippers. <laughs> I'm just mad because you got bamboozled because it's okay. All y'all Lakers fans got bamboozled. <laughs> he literally hit the hezzy cross on y'all. Who? It's okay. Huh? Who, who plays Kawhi? for the Clippers? Oh. Who, who plays for the Clippers? Like, voluntarily plays for the Clippers. You trying to prove a point, bro. Honestly? What, what point? That he can go anywhere. anywhere. Exactly. <laughs> and I can do it ring. anywhere. <laughs> but he the can Clippers? Go anywhere. Amen. Okay, the Raptors, <laughs> and even though he didn't have choice, but still he won. But still, he won a he won a ring with them, bro. That's crazy. So I feel like it don't. You can say the Clippers all you want, but they got that piece. They got Kawhi. <laughs> Barely, but yeah, they got him. He's that variable that like that just has it like that, bro. He can go to the. He can go to the. He can be the piece on the Suns and win. For all I know. But the Clippers, though? Bruh. Come on, Chris. Anywho, done with the NBA right now. I'm about to move on to the NFL because I just can't fathom why this man went to the Clippers. Anywho, quick stuff about the NFL. We got MVP Russ activated. MVP Russ. That's all I got to say, man. <laughs> like I was saying, we got MVP Russ activated. <laughs> As we talked about it last week, that man's been balling out crazy this season. Looks like he could be taking home an MVP. He does still have some competition. We'll wait and see how these next couple weeks fold out before we give our final picks of who we think will be the MVP of the season. So keep following around and listen out for when we give that discussion because it should be interesting. Also... <sighs> My Patriots took their first loss. Took an L this past week. 
Lost to the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson, they came in, showed up, showed out. Well, we went there, and they showed up and showed out. Got no complaints. Lamar Jackson is a good quarterback. The Ravens got a revitalized defense, and they, they played hungry. So, congrats to the Ravens for getting that W. But if you see us in the playoffs, just know we on that. We on that from, from kickoff, bro. We on that. But, now I say that to say this. Well, Lamar Jackson... Clearly proven that he can be a dual threat quarterback. You know, coming in the coming out of college, people said, "Oh yeah, he can run, but he can't really throw the ball." Or if he's throwing the ball, he's pretty much just hoping it gets to the target. We're seeing this man in year two, pretty much just take it to another level. And even in year one, he was already at a good level in year one for a rookie quarterback. But just to see the jump from year one to year two, how how high do you think Lamar can go? Hey man, he's like he's getting big comparisons so early, which was expected. But like, just think about like we got big comparisons from Cam Newton before. We got big comparisons from shoot, even when sometimes Aaron Rodgers get out the pocket, they be saying it's big like. But to this is a whole other level. It's like almost looking in the mirror. So really, yeah, I agree. It's probably the closest thing we had to Vic in a very very long time. Because unlike Cam, and I really hate to say this. Cause I was on Lamar for a long time. I want to apologize to that man because this man can actually throw for the most part. He, he can throw. So, hey, if he keeps up on this pace, he could he could be with Vic. He couldn't do at the end of the day. He could probably do it in, in his career sometime. Yeah, he could definitely win a ring. He can definitely get that. Chance. And and all I hope for his, his career, because like I said, at first I was I was I didn't like count him out, but I was just very skeptical because you know you see you see you know quarterbacks come in that are a minority or whatnot and they kind of have the same the, the, like similar play styles you always expect them to run which I don't, I don't know why that's a thing like majority why is it majority black quarterbacks are trained to run and then you know I, I feel like that's the topic for another situation because <laughs> it happens every time all the time but I mean they look up to Michael Vick so you grow up wanting to be that running they grow up right. wanting to be that running quarterback I just think the downfall comes like if we look at quarterbacks like RG3 or Terod Taylor or other quarterbacks who were clearly in that same mode in college as a mobile uh, scrambling quarterback is they get drafted to these teams who don't who don't change their system for these mobile quarterbacks they put them That's true. they yeah. put these mo- these scrambling quarterbacks in these pocket present game plans and everything and they end up getting hurt because you don't have a proper blocking for like read yeah. options and everything like that yeah. and I, I think even for that's even a situation for Cam because the uh, Panthers didn't always play football like how they're playing football now with read options and all that to probably their Super Bowl, their Super Bowl season and shoot that was what how many years was that for Cam and that yeah, honestly I feel like season? that was I feel like that happened because uh, Kaepernick was making it popular when they went to the Super Bowl Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's re- like it pretty much just really start becoming a thing where coaches are now putting adjusting like adjusting their game plans around the strengths of their quarterback. I mean, my boy Belichick been doing that his whole career, but that's another topic for another day. But his whole career, <laughs> I mean, his whole career with Brady. Yeah, bro, okay. <laughs> I don't really, I don't really know what he did with the Browns and Giants because I wasn't alive. But I mean, since he's been a Patriots coach, he's been very good. You know, the best. based on his game plan around what his quarterback can do. So and that's what uh the Ravens are doing with Lamar Jackson. They yeah the move they pretty much first year strictly well they was strictly a rushing team. But you saw them come into year two. They're committed to the rush. They're committed to their run blocking. 
And now they also have burners on the outside who can get the ball downfield. You got a good tight end who can block and run. But more of the story, they just fit their game plan around what Lamar does best. Scramble, make something out of nothing. We're going to give you a a good running back to punch it down the middle and all that. So, yeah, I just just hope with age, he just gets smarter. Like, yeah, because like he can he can, he can take all the hits he can he can take all the hits now that he's young but you know I don't want him to you know have his like history of injuries like a Wentz you know or somebody in, in that you know caliber. Thanks. Yeah. Just like any other two cents. Nothing really. Just you know, Lamar. Just keep doing your thing. Keep being a beast out there. I would like to see him just you know. Throw a little bit more, a little bit less running, just to make sure that he's the real deal. I like to have the double package, not just the run. So I mean, I'm, I'm starting to get on the hype train, thinking he is that guy. But I, I, just a little bit more would be nice to see. Okay, well then, you got MVP heard Russ. Okay, next. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it there. That was the sports segment of the show. We're gonna keep it going. You know, Josiah got some popular topics for us today in TV film. We even got state your issue coming up. So stay tuned. I'm going to give it to Josiah. Go ahead and lead us on off. So for popular topics this week, we just got a little quick thing to just throw out to y'all. So if y'all don't know about the Eternals TV show, I believe, or is that a movie that's coming out for uh, Marvel in the next, what, year or two? Their set just actually found a bomb on it from, like, World War II. Everyone's okay, people. It wasn't anything serious, but they did have to evacuate the set. So just a little popular topic for y'all. We're going to go ahead and kick it off to Chris for his state the issue. Chris, what you got this week? I just want to know, how did a World War II bomb get on set? See, and why was it Why was it from World War II? <laughs> and where, where is the set? Is the set located in, is it in California? Where are they shooting out of? I think it was the set in California. I actually don't know. I didn't read too much into it at that point. But as far as I know, like the bomb was actually like buried there or hidden there, one of the two things, but it was just sitting there the entire time. And I guess it was never activated, but it doesn't mean it wasn't ever like, you know, deactivated. So they had to bring in some people to go ahead and take care of the bomb. Boy, that's some comic book stuff, ain't boy, you think you know some people. That's crazy. Anywho, Wild. we are here for state your issue. And you know, I was gonna let this issue go. I really was. Until NBA media start talking. And if you know me, it's two things I despise in life. Paul Pierce and NBA media. Actually, three things I despise in life. Peyton Manning, Paul Pierce, and NBA media. In that order? In that order. (laughs) Exactly in that order, honestly. So, this week, well, let's rewind. Let's rewind. Back into the summer. As you guys remember, the Lakers traded for Anthony Davis, correct? Yep. Mm-hmm. And the trade uh, consisted of Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, and our first round pick. And the talk of the town back then was we gave up too much for AD. Right? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So we was like, uh, I mean, no. AD's a generational talent. AD is arguably a top five player in the league. Our young pieces, they're great. We love them. We want them to do well, but it's not working out here in L.A. We're trying to win championships now. We're not trying to rebuild anymore. So you send them over to the Pelicans so they can you know, grow and become the stars that they should be, right? right? Makes sense. Everyone wins. So we said this back months ago. Fast forward to now, if you've been watching any Pelicans game, you would know Brendan Ingram has been on the tear. 
He's been lighting the league up. He's pretty much showing that he's a player that we've been saying the whole time that he was going to be. But, you know, NBA media has been out here trolling, and all I see is Lakers really gave up uh, really gave up Brandon Ingram for AD, LOL. Lakers really kept Kuzma and not Brandon Ingram. Okay. There's two, there's two things here. Two very important things that people are not taking into context when they're speaking about Brandon Ingram being traded and balling out and us keeping Kuzma over Brandon Ingram. One, well, also the whole AD thing. One, we have AD. AD's averaging about tw- about 25 or 27 points per game, double-digit rebounds, and we're first in the West. That's enough right there. But I'm going to keep going. Two, there was no possible way for the Lakers to make a trade for Anthony Davis that didn't consist of a package deal that had Brandon Ingram in it. The Pelicans was not going to take a deal that had Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma, and the first-round pick. They just wasn't going to take it. So, at the end of the day, Brandon Ingram had to go. Also, I feel like even if Brandon Ingram was on this team, he would be a great player, he would be a great asset, but he wouldn't be this Brandon Ingram that we're seeing right now in the Pelicans because everyone's everyone's numbers are going to do better if they're put in a position to shine. If you're going to, if you're being promoted from second or third third or second option on your team up to automatic first, of course I'm going to jump my points per game going to jump 5 to 10 points because I'm the first option now and I got the talent to put up those numbers. So my issue had just been this week of people acting like the Lakers have been negligent. They didn't know the talent that they had when we've known this whole time. Josiah, Brandon, y'all been in parties with me, Trayvon. We've been talking about Brandon Ingram from way back when before people even cared about him. Lonzo, how long have I been talking about Lonzo Ball being a legit defender? Since he got drafted. Since he got drafted. And now people are talking about, wow, this man can play defense. That's crazy. But you gotta look. You gotta look at the. Okay, you gotta look at the angle they're coming from, bro. All they see, like of course, you know, is the media. So like, whatever's drama, they're gonna. You know, there's like TMZ. Whatever's a dramatic situation, they gonna cater to that first. Everything that was going on in the Lakers locker room, nobody cared about the play no more. They, they they just knew the Lakers wasn't gonna make the playoffs, and it was craziness in the front office, which reflected the same thing on the actual court. So they said they said they said LeBron was a problem. Then he got hurt because that's so that's another problem. They was talking about Magic being a problem. Palinka, shoot, even Jeannie Buss. So like now that they're now that Lazo and Brandon Ingram are away from the spotlight of LA and everything that was going on in that locker room, they got something to talk about now. <laughs> I just don't understand. First off, these writers and everything, I don't understand how you get into the profession to write about sports because you have a so-called love You have a so-called love for the game to an extent because that's why you're in it and writing about it. But the only thing you're writing about is dramatic storylines. And I understand to, like, whatever company you work for, they want the clickbait. It's all about clicks and all. But at what point are you, like, kind of selling yourself short and pursuing your dreams to be a sports writer and just – Pretty much just what what's the word being paparazzi? Pretty much. Mm-hmm. So that's my that's my main beef with the NBA media because I feel like there's no there's not a lot of authenticity anymore with the 
media itself and the journalism and the writers, they're pretty much just only in these interviews and asking questions just to see what what sentence they can spin around for a headline, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't feel like for an NBA player I should come off a court I should come off the court after a game of where I just worked hard, my team just worked hard and people asking the asking me the first question is what what did my tweet mean or something like that? Ask me about something I tweeted. Like, is it cryptic or do you plan on leaving it? Like, I can I completely understand why NBA players get so annoyed with NBA media just because it, there's just no authenticity there. Like, you're not you're not there doing what you're supposed to be doing. Like, you're just there to be nosy. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all got, y'all got any two cents on that? Nah. Okay, cool then. But that felt <laughs> good for me. I just had to vent that out because I've been really fed up with the NBA media for the past couple weeks, and it's only getting higher and higher. And I feel like the more I do these states of issues, the more you're going to see that mainly my issue in life is just with media, period. So bear with me. I'm trying. I'm trying to work on it. But that just really got to me, man, because Brandon Ingram's my boy. I love, I like Brandon Ingram ever since the Lakers draft him. I said, we say he was baby KD. And now that he's showing it, everyone acts like it's new. But we've been telling them that. So that's all. When we say stuff, we mean it. Listen the first time. This has been Chris. And welcome to my TED Talk. <laughs> Chris is state your issue. Chris is state your issue. Change your name. It's Chris is state your issue. <laughs> hey, man, he be having some real issues, though. I'm actually surprised. <laughs> I'll be having something to talk about, bro. I'll be mad during the week. <laughs> you know, be at work just like, man, I can't wait to talk about this. <laughs> bro, for real, though. That's crazy. Mm-mm. But, anyway, that's all I got. Next week, it may be something different. You never know, but we're going to find out. But in the TV and film world, Josiah, let me know what we're rolling with this week. Well, we got a couple things to talk about this week with the TV world. But let's just start off with the Apple TV shows. There's been some mixed reviews on them since they came out the last couple of weeks, and some of them are saying it's not too hot, to be honest. Um, you paying what four ninety nine a month to watch shows on Apple TV? You expect it to be great, I guess, but apparently it hasn't been all that. So, what is y'all really this take on this? You think there's been too many streaming services just trying to do something now? Uh, it's definitely too many streaming <clears throat> services out here now, and the whole I haven't really looked into the Apple TV. I just be seeing the little commercials like the little ads every time I'm on YouTube or something yeah. and the movies they be promoting it like it sounds good I guess like the idea sounds dope but then once I realize it's just an Apple TV thing I just assume it's low budget so I don't watch it <laughs> <laughs> low budget though oh. I mean I'm not saying I'm not saying Apple is low budget but I'm just saying the quality of the movie just ain't gonna be like something I would see at the theaters you know I mean KD got a show yeah I mean, I'll watch that just because it's KD and it's sports. But outside of that, I'm not going out my way to watch nothing on Apple TV. No, I don't even blame you. I, don't blame you. <laughs> I, I, I honestly blame Netflix for like being so good with the original shows, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that kind of carried that kind of started a wave and it's been carried out since. And now everybody want to do their own original spinoffs and stuff like that. But I've never heard of any Apple TV show. But like, I seen. Um, they they also doing like original movies too, and I seen this new movie with um Samuel Jackson and Anthony Mackie, who is you know, uh Falcon and the Marvel series. Yeah. So, I it was called the Banker or whatever. It's supposed to be like about you know black people starting a bank, 
both like before the civil rights times and they making this white guy that knows nothing about banking you know do all the business moves while they doing everything from behind the scenes mm-hmm. so like i mean it's like i'm i that movie looked good until i and then when i found out it's only on apple i was like oh dang i guess i'm not seeing that in theaters because you know it's not <laughs> gonna be in theaters yeah. mm-hmm. but i mean i don't i don't know nothing about apple tv shows i know they were like they were like the first ones to start like exclusives yeah. or exclusive services so i can't knock them too much because they were like one of the ogs when it comes to having an exclusive service that's not like netflix or hulu so but i mean uh, other than that like i'm not gonna say it's not doing so hot i just feel like they just they just looking for something to make them popping again see i really think they are just looking for something like they have a lot of like highly regarded people in the industry working on their shows a lot of big celebrities mm-hmm. like Haley steinfeld is actually on one of their shows but the show she's on is called Dickerson. Y'all know like Emily Dickerson, the writer for yeah, yeah for literature and all that yeah, stuff. I seen that commercial. Why does she have a TV show? People want to know. Do we want to know? I didn't say we. I said people want to know. <laughs> I think we're part of that population yeah. of people. I, I just want to know who signed yeah. off on the Emily Bruh, Dickerson TV nah, show. Okay, when you look at stuff like that, you gotta think about what what age demographic that is for. Obviously, obviously, that's not us. 18s and below or something like that. Because, like, the trailer they had, they had her, like, at a party, you know, and just, like, you know, like, living it up. And I was just like, what? Emily Dickerson. Emily Dickerson. You got to know how people got down back then. Okay, okay. I guess just It's it's history. Hey, that's a part of history I would like to know about, apparently, but not like this. Not like (laughs) this at all. (laughs) I bet you watch a couple episodes and you'll be hooked. I'm going to watch the first episode. I ain't going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I just want to know. I just want to know the parties go. That's it for me, though. Like Trayvon said, you got your cap and gown on right now. Josiah, your cap and gown. <laughs> oh, wait, you got to get on it, bro. You got to get on it. But Apple TV, they, they got a lot to prove to me. I'm going to give them some chances to some of their shows, like almost every streaming service. When you're paying for it? Oh, no, I'm not going to do that. Well, I'm not going to lie and say I'm not going to pay for it. But I will find somebody who is paying for it and, you know, watch wow. it on there. <laughs> okay. I will find a way. That's what I want to say. <laughs> now you're about to get Apple Hill. <laughs> we'll, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Maybe somebody in my family has Apple. We'll see. But continuing on, Rick and Morty returns this Sunday, people. Finally? I feel like we've been waiting like two years. I think we have been waiting two years. Like, it's <laughs> after that amount of time. <laughs> Come on, I said that first original, like, not necessarily trailer, but whatever article that dropped saying they was returning with new episodes, I definitely feel like that dropped like two years ago. Yeah, it's definitely been a minute. But, I mean, I think we're all going to be watching that, correct? We all excited yeah. for it to be doing well. So, what are y'all expecting? We expecting a 10 out of 10 on the very first episode, this season to be bomb? Well, firstly, first of all, are they dropping like all these episodes at once, or are we going to get like just one episode like per week, per day, one or One at whatever? a time. I think they're just going oh, back to Adult Swim, just one at a time. Dang it! Oh, well, that kind of ruins it for me. But either way, Rick and Morty's always been a great show. It's always gonna bring the funnies. Uh it's definitely not a show for everybody. You definitely gotta have a dark sense of humor to watch it. So I wouldn't advise anyone just to go on the dose room and watch Rick and Morty. But if you are a fan of the show like we are, you know it's about to get lit. So I'm really excited for it. Okay, okay, Brandon, what about you? I mean, I watch Rick and Morty pretty casually. Like, I'm not really up on it like I was with Family Guy, but, like, I do enjoy the content. I remember when we talked about the tra- when the trailer came out, like, I really enjoy the pacing of the show. Like, it does something that's very different. 
Um, and also what Chris said with the or well, Chris said with the dark humor or whatever. But as far as anything new or the first episode being a ten out of ten, I feel like they're just going to stick to the same method, which is of course there's nothing wrong with that. It's been yeah. working, so I'm not really expecting like I'm not really expecting it to jump through the you know jump out the roof. But I'm kind of pretty much expecting the same thing because that's what they've been doing for so long. Okay, okay, I can see that. <laughs> Isn't Kanye supposed to be in this season too? Oh, is he? I think so. I don't, I don't know if it was a joke, but I know he was doing like some stuff with uh, like Rick and Morty art and all that. Like he had a whole character and all that. Hey, Kanye making appearance, bro. I mean, this this <laughs> might be kind of lit. <laughs> I can't lie, but we'll just have to see. But continuing on, Matt Reeves Batman updates time, people. If y'all didn't know, there's a new Batman movie coming out in 2021, and one of the people who's doing the stunt coordination slash training. The person who will be Batman is the same person who trained Keanu Reeves for the John Wick movies. So what you would know about this is it's going to be some firefight scenes. That's at least we can at least know that at least. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Like they're being very like, you know, cryptic when it comes to like these updates and who they're going to do as the roles. Because like they've had different roles being turned down by different people. Like they said Jonah Hill was possibly going to be um penguin and then that fell through so like all we know so far is Patton or uh, robert pattinson is for sure batman yeah. and i think zoe kravitz is going to be Catwoman. i kind of feel some ways about that i'm not really too keen on that selection and i know we got the guy that played as um who was it claw from black panther yeah, and and a few of the other Marvel movies are gonna be. He's gonna be um, Alfred, and I don't really, I'm not really cool with that. I, I would prefer him to be Penguin, just because of his other roles. He kind of has that devious role, and he can do an accent pretty good. So I feel like Penguin would have been perfect. But I'm if he's gonna, if he's for sure gonna be Alfred, I bet your bottom dollar they're gonna do like something very different. They're gonna make his role more edgy than just the basic, you know, the basic butler that we've known so far. Right. Yeah, and I think that's a good take on it because we, all we've ever seen is you know Alfred just be not even a sidekick, but like a sidekick to the sidekick. You know, he's just really just there for emotional support. But if we can actually see an Alfred that's more involved, like how he is, like you know, in the animated series and animated movies and things like that, I mean, it could be it could be a different twist that could be good. I really hope they get, they get it right this time. I really hope this is my last di- last ditch effort on Batman movies. Well, live action Batman movies. Hey, I mean, it wasn't bad with Christian Bale. So I, I feel like, well, yeah, Christian. that that, but that was the first. <laughs> that was like the first, like of our generation, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm about to say the Christian Bale ones weren't bad. I just, I really want a comic accurate Batman movie that's both good, action packed, and live action. Yeah, like they got to get it right with this one. I agree. Because when I think about it, like when it comes to the Christian Bale one, of course I enjoyed it, but I only liked one of them. Out of the three, yeah. I'm, yeah, only like the first one. Well, no, the second one. Oh, okay. Because Batman Begins was cool. Mm-hmm. I, uh, Dark Knight Rises was hype. And I was, yeah, it was too hype. I didn't like that Bane. I didn't like Tom Hardy as Bane. I agree. But, but, uh, uh, what was it? Returns? Returns was the first one. What's the second one? What's the second Dark, one? The Dark Knight, Knight Rises. Knight. Yeah. No, it's it's Batman Begins. The Dark Knight. And then the third the third Knight. one is Dark Knight Rises. And the, yeah. oh yeah, the second one is Dark Knight. Yeah. yeah. That that that's the best so far, of course. But like I said, in order for them in order for them to get past all those comparisons, they have to switch stuff up completely. 
And that's the only way it's going to work. That's the only way, quote-unquote, reboots work if, if you switch it up completely. All they got to do is get comic accurate. Honestly. I mean, because, oh, yeah. uh, I mean, like like you said, Batman Begins to School, Dark Knight was dope. But then Dark Knight Rises was just all over the place. Yeah, like, they, I, you they literally a bit too much. didn't know what was going on. Like, why is Bane and Talia a thing here? Why... Was the police officer supposed to be Tim Drake or something? Was he Why supposed to be Robin? 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 Exactly. <laughs> like, where where is everyone? Who so, did this? Right. So yeah, like Dark Knight just wasn't comic, comic accurate enough. So I just feel like just stay comic accurate. Give us some good content to watch. I I think that's what people appreciate more than anything. We're going to see like these superhero movies. Yeah. Especially because it's going to be like mainly the diehard fans that actually go out there and go see like those type of movies. So they're just pretty much going to see. Is it comic accurate? If it is, mm. then everything else they'll let slide. Mm. Yeah, but then, but then that has a, a stigma of, of its own because it's like, okay, it might be comic book accurate, but it might be a combination of these set of, these series of comics. So essentially, because essentially everything we've seen on screen, whether it be Marvel or DC, has been comic accurate to a certain extent. It's just been a combination of different, you know, comic uh, series. Yeah. And, so and like, do you do you want one storyline so, or? Uh, I think if they wanted to do something different, I wouldn't mind them just doing one storyline, like how they do with their uh animated movies. Like we had a live action bat, like a Batman Year One, which I kind of feel like this movie is going to be. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like it's going to be like a live action Batman Year One, and that's about mm-hmm. it. And that's I what feel they like should it, do. Yeah. So if they did that and like, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh pretty much set the plot for a story to continue on. Yeah. Yeah, they'll be straight. Cause I thought they were gonna I thought they were going for the Batman year one effect with um with Ben Affleck's character. But apparently was I guess that was supposed to be the old like the old old Batman from the animated series. Yeah. Oh, it was. That was like Batman at the I end don't... of his line type of thing. Mm. Yeah. But of course that depiction was terrible. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I just hope I just you know just in I, I kind of agree with Chris saying like you know the different uh main one main storyline, but I just want something like original, like something that's not even from the pages, like kind of like kind of like a comic book of its own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Within you know the cinema, but I you know it's 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 been so cryptic with the information they've been getting out. I'm just too focused on who who's going to be who right now. I'm not really thinking too much on the uh, on the story. Yeah. All I do is, and, you know, for people that don't know who Matt Reeves is and, uh, like, a few of his uh, things that he's done, his projects he worked on previously, he's been a part of the Cloverfield series, which, you know, that's give or take. Some people like him, some people do not like them. And, of course, the, uh, the Planet of the Apes, like, he helped with some of the latter films, mm. which is another thing people don't like and some people do like. So that kind of gives you an idea of how, how this film's going to be. It might be give or take, so we just be prepared for it. Yeah, if you guys want to prepare for it, go ahead and take a look at some of those movies Brandon was talking about. If you do watch Cloverfield, though, I suggest skipping the first one. Mm. Uh, so Marvel updates. Let's go with that. Brandon. Give us some moral updates. What's going on? It's still looking skeptical out here, bro. It's like, <laughs> how's the weather outside? Hot? Nah. <laughs> but <laughs> but no, nah, um, it's still looking skeptical because they're constantly, you know, casting out new titles. Like, yeah. we got a confirmed, well, we already knew a Deadpool 3 was eventually coming, but we didn't know when. So we didn't really need that announcement if we already knew. But the studio, like, announced it, announced it. We got an Ant-Man 3 coming out, which was not a part of the slate that they gave us. 
and then we got I forget the other one. So it's like they're dropping all of these like titles, you know, upcoming titles, but that's starting to make me look a little bit skeptical. Because if you remember during the the not the first phase, but during the whole Infinity Saga, mm. they had like you know timelines of all the films they're going to make. Yeah. They had an in, a Inhumans film. Um, they had. I believe they had a, a captain, a, the the guy version of Captain Marvel film. They had a lot of planned films that didn't end up happening. But what they did is they kind of, they kind of like admitted that you know we're not following this timeline. But you know we we see how the Infinity Saga turned out, and it turned out you know good. So it's like it's like they're doing that again. I feel like when you know when the next uh, Marvel Expo or Disney Expo happens. We're gonna see a lot of changes or a lot of films that aren't gonna come out, but it's bad for them because they're doing film and TV shows, so they're putting their hands in two different pots. And that's just that if, if if one bad thing comes out, it might mix up everything. And they can't just take those uh, TV shows back like they did, like they're doing for the Netflix one, because they're basically just saying, you know, these Netflix uh, shows or these Hulu shows were just for the Infinity Saga. So, but now that Disney Plus is you know, taking this platform and co- co- uh, you know being a collaborative part of the MCU now, they can't just like wipe it away like they did the Netflix shows. So, with that being said, I'm just saying, man, the more news is coming out out of this Marvel camp is looking skeptical, and it's going to get skeptical, and they ch- until they change everybody's opinion with the first film that's going to come out, and maybe even the uh, shows. So. Hey man, just if if there's Marvel fans out there, just you know, hold on tight to that faith, cause you just just expect a bumpy ride, man. I haven't been keeping up too much with the stuff with Marvel and their updates. So when it comes to Marvel, I just wait till they drop their stuff. Yeah. As everyone knows, I'm more I'm more on the DC side of things when it comes to the superhero universe. So. I'm like a ca- I'm a casual slash hardcore Marvel fan. Like I know just enough to get me by, mm. and it's like I'm passionate. Like I'm passionate enough to know everything, but I just watch enough to get me by. Mm. So yeah, so that's where I'm at with the MCU. Okay, okay. Well, yeah, I kind of agree with Brandon with what's going on with the Marvel. Just definitely, just keep a lookout on that. So, what's the solution to reboots, people? Who actually has uh, a solution we- for this? Bruh, okay, so I did I did a little thinking, you know, over over the course of our little break between podcasts, and I was like, you know, because uh, I don't know if y'all hip on Watch Mojo, they do like top ten list, yeah, very very uh, suitable Canadian platform that I really appreciate, and that you know I spend a lot of my time, you know, researching their videos throughout the week just so I can you know have an opinion of my own, and they put out a top ten list of like the top ten reboots that has ever came out, and a lot of the top ten. Uh, you know, shows that they put on, on there was like shows from the 1960s or shows that have a lot of action in them. So the shows that we talked about on here about possible reboots had all been sitcoms. We talked about a Full House um, reboot. We talked about a Fresh Prince be- reboot. We talked about a lot of reboots that have been solely based around sitcoms. Oh. And none of the shows on that list have been was a sitcom. So I'm starting to be a fond believer that sitcom reboots just don't work because that style of writing and that style of television is kind of linear. Like you can't really go anywhere with it because you know it's in a it's in a sound stage, and and obviously what whatever happens on screen 
remains as canon. So it's like when you add something to that canon timeline in a sitcom, it does either it doesn't get taken seriously or it just doesn't work at all. So <clears throat> so with that being said, I feel like reboots of olden times, so like people them remaking the Twilight Zone or um Westworld or Battlestar Galactica, that stuff works. And people like action of course. That's kind of obvious. But like older stuff and another reboot that was kind of our generation that was on there was um, Nickelodeon's take on the Teenager Mutant, uh, Teenager Mutant Ninja Turtles. That was a great reboot. And also the uh, the recent Transformers that came out. So it's kind of like those already those already had those t- their time and they kind of brought them back for a new audience. Yeah. But they're, they fall in the realm of action. So I feel like when it's that, those can work more than what sitcoms do because sitcoms are just too linear for like you know a reboot to actually work. I agree with that. And That's just that, my take. Yeah, that makes all like pretty much one hundred percent sense of what you were saying there because times are just different when it comes to like sitcom and just pretty much what you see on TV. Period. Because like you were saying earlier with shows like Full House. Uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air shoot even shows like Family Matters I know even though that didn't get a reboot but that's just you know a sitcom of, of the times it was just during a time where you know more families sat around and watched TV you know exactly <laughs> so it's just not a lot of that no more or if they the version of watching TV now for a family is shoot somebody in their room watching TV yeah. somebody mm-hmm. on their phone watching what they want another kid on their tablet watching what they want so everyone's just not watching the same thing and whatever the adult is watching and maybe what love and hip-hop some form of reality show kids watching baby shark or something <laughs> it's just different no one it's just not it's not really a market for just shows that's just centered around like family family and sitting around the living room watching tv i mean you got blackish whitish and all that but yeah. that's it <laughs> so yeah. It's just hard. It's harder to reboot those things just because the times are different. Like you said earlier, with action movies and everything, those things can always be improved upon because they're always mm-hmm. finding different technologies to make more. You know, just things seem real, like whether it be gunfire, graphics, and all that. So, when it comes to action movies, those are definitely more and easier avenues to go and reboot. But I think they also got to know where to draw the line of what thing. Certain old things also don't need a reboot, though. Not yeah. all old things need a reboot. Like yeah. how they were doing the rumors of the coming to America too. Like coming to America doesn't need a reboot. Yeah, it doesn't need a part two. Certain, just you get the point. Certain things don't need a yeah. part two. So mm-hmm. I just think knowing where to draw the line, knowing the times that you're living in, and just knowing how the audience is like shaped around is pretty much how you should go about making a new reboot mm-hmm. nowadays. And yeah, and like when I think about like as you mentioned, Gronish. I, I liked how they like they took an approach of like doing a not so much a reboot but like a, a um what's it called a, a spinoff like off the rip like mm-hmm. Blackish came out had like you know three or four seasons and it was like okay we gonna focus on Yara now like while while Blackish is still hot and they're still making seasons of Blackish so mm-hmm. it's like you know do it's like almost playing a video game and having side missions almost yeah, right. you, you can focus on both. And it's all a part of one linear timeline, opposed to like, oh, okay, let's formulate a new idea completely, but make it relevant to this. That's mm-hmm. the problem. Mm-hmm. You don't like. You might as well just make another show. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I agree with all that. Just how you think? You got anything to say? Where they should draw the line? 
No, I think Brandon kind of just hit on that right there. Just keeping it at the exact same time where it's still hot and making spinoffs during that same period of time is the perfect way to do mm -hmm. it. I think just keeping it in that is honestly the only way to do it because if you wait too long, no one's going to want to see that spinoff depending on the actual right. subject. It's not like... Because I've been hearing... Yeah. yeah, I've been hearing about spinoffs about uh, Game of Thrones and like Power already, which, you know, that could work because, you know, this, the series are just now ending and, yeah. of course, people are going to be thirsty to pick it back up. Mm-hmm. But those are so big titles. I don't know if those work. But y'all, you know, y'all. I know y'all are familiar with power, mm. and I'm pretty <clears> sure, like y'all, pretty under y'all. Pretty. I don't know if y'all hip on higher games. Nah, not all the way. So, yeah. so I feel like I feel like it'll work, but you know, people are gonna try to hold on to it for what it was. Yeah. As far as like the bigger titles, such as The Power or The Hunger Games, or I'm sorry, not Hunger Games, Game of Thrones. Yeah, I think the criteria is like we said time period like how long you're gonna wait before you do a spinoff and what the actual subject matter is as long as it's probably not a comedy it could probably work depending on what the show was yeah so. yeah also i think they like some of these producers and stuff get too greedy with the stuff they want to reboot like like i go along with it, some things don't need to be rebooted like they go for instant like they go straight for the classics to reboot and it's like no, because it's yeah. easy that way. Don't, don't don't touch the fact we like it because it's a classic. Like we don't need yeah. the way it ended was fine. No one was tripping off of how it ended. Like just let it be. Oh, yeah, have we all seen? Have we all seen Joker? Yeah, Chris, have you seen it? Yeah. Okay, so uh, that kind it kind of goes into the same point that we're making about reboots. Yeah. So Joaquin Phoenix recently made a comment saying, you know, he doesn't really want to do a sequel because. Yeah. Not only we, we, even us in here knew that the whole idea of the Joker film was supposed to be a one-off. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. but you know, like like you were just saying, they get greedy. They don't know what to do with their return on their investment when they have a billion-dollar movie. They're like, okay, we have all this money. We might as well, you know, start production for another one. But even Joaquin Phoenix, who was, you know, getting all this money for, or all this money and clout for his own product and he's like see i don't really want to do that because you know like he see, he said himself like not everything needs a sequel and i had my contract was to do a one film take with this and that was supposed to be it yeah so i kind of you know i kind of i feel that and plus he had to go through a lot for that character alone yeah. how small he had to get so yeah I, I just i just think the same thing can go for film as well yeah, pretty much. That's that's kind of my take on that. Okay. Yeah, don't yeah, touch the classics. Yeah. Well, you that's hear that TV is. industry? Don't touch classics. They're not going to listen. Okay. <laughs> well, we're going to do a they little quick react before we switch up topics. Brandon, go ahead and hit us with a quick react. What's been going on? Hey, me and Trayvon was looking you talking about this earlier. Dolomite, Dolomite is my name, bro. Eddie Murphy has been on a hiatus. He's been on like a, a Dave Chappelle type hiatus forever. Mm. And just to see his face, because you know he's one of my favorite comedians of all time. Yeah. So just seeing his face again like on the screen was amazing. The film as a whole is really, really good. If you're not familiar if you're not familiar with who Dolomite is, you might want to like, you know, look at you know, look at the uh, or you know, just do some research before. It's like a, it's like it's kind of like the uh, beginning of black exploitation, which is when you know blacks were first allowed to be on TV or TV or um, movies centered around their culture, opposed to like you know, some emerging themselves in the white culture. 
So I don't know. It was a great. It was a great movie. I enjoyed it, and you know, it's always always good seeing Eddie Murphy again. I know he said he's gonna do stand up soon, so I'm looking forward to that as well. Y'all got y'all gotta watch it. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna watch tonight. Don't worry, don't worry. Well, with that wrapping that up, that's it for TV and film. So let's go ahead and just go into the questions. So the first one: What is your opinion on dating friends? What? Yikes! Like what you mean? Like that's that's it. (laughs) That's literally well, well. well, you said it though for me because I kind of need context here. Like a friend, like you've been friends with someone for a long time, and then you just start dating, or like what's the what's the deal here? Is that the question? You know, I I think that's how it's being asked. I'm actually not too sure. I didn't ask too much into it. I mean, I don't see nothing wrong with it. It's probably hey, you. You're probably, I mean, I hope you're friends with whoever you date, whoever you do yeah. end up dating. I mean, you gotta have a friendship somewhere at some point in there. So, yeah. I understand that certain friendships don't form with the pretense of I want to get with that person yeah. or I want to form a uh, a relationship bond. But I mean, if it happens, it happens. I mean, just because it's your if it happens, then go for it. Just because your friends should limit whether you can date that person or not. Okay. Brain, what about you? I mean, I pretty much follow the same pattern. Like, uh, I pretty much, I'm only into, like, you know, the get it to know you phase kind of, like, segues a friendship to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. So I kind of, you know, take that time. Like, I, I, I never, even when I meet people, I never, even if I meet people that I'm, like, attracted to, my first instance is not even to get on them. I'm just trying to be their friend, honestly. <laughs> and we'll see where it goes from there. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Okay. What do you think about dating friends, Josiah? Hmm? Hey, man. Hey, Most know people you. know my rules. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess I'll just say it out there. I don't date friends. It's just, it's a me thing, you know? Like, I don't feel comfortable <laughs> dating friends. The fact that I call you friend, I don't want to mess that up in any way. So I'm like, we stay as friends. So that may ask you, like, how do I talk to other people then? It makes it a lot easier because, you know, if it don't work out, then, well, I never have to speak to you again, and it doesn't affect me in any way possible. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm just being honest. Like, I never have to speak to you again. Like, why should I? We're like, we're not friends, right? So what's the problem here? It makes life Josiah a lot easier. Josiah Toxic. Josiah Toxic. I'm telling everybody right now. Toxic, you want to say, but I mean, like, it makes life a lot easier not to date friends. But that's just my opinion on the matter. So, so did you get to, the, to this point through experience? It's just always been that way for me. I just never dated friends. So you never tried it? No, I don't think I want to try it. I get I get where Josiah is coming from. I honestly do. Because when it comes, I have a female best friend. And I never thought about dating my female best friend. It's never crossed my mind one time. So I do get what you're saying there. But, like, dating a friend in general. I guess like, it depends on the level of friendship at the same time. Too. Yeah, it depends on the level. Because, like, you're my, like, with me Obviously and Dave, like, like, it's my best friend. So, friend, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't cross that line with someone that's my best friend. But, I mean, if it's, like, uh, a girl that I know, we cool, we both cool, we've known each other for a while, then, yeah, ain't nothing, ain't nothing wrong with that. <laughs> See, would you call that a friend? At least though? for me. Yeah. I don't know if i call that a friend. What? Well, what's your, what you mean? I feel like you have to define what an actual friend is. Like, if you just say you can just cool with them for a while, does that mean, like, you hang out on a regular basis? Or does it mean, like, you just know who they are, they know of you? You find out a couple of times before, maybe. No, I mean, I don't have. You know who I am. You're not no. You're not my friend. That's what I'm saying. You just know who I am. We we run in the same circles. That'll make you a friend. I'm not yet. You we've run we've run in the same circles a few times. We've hung out. 
you've been over my house, I've been over your house type deal. Okay, yeah, that's that's considered a friend, I guess, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so you wouldn't consider dating that person? If it's like a casual thing, like we hang out like maybe once every couple of months, I nah, I probably, I, maybe I would do that, yeah. But if it's like, oh, I see you like almost on a regular basis, like almost every other week, you know, we hang out, we text a couple times, I'm probably not dating you. That means we're kind of like in a good place in our friendship. Oh. Oh, no. I'm trying to like figure my way through it without telling my business. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm trying to be careful with my words at the exact same time. So. I don't know. Whoever asked that question, you might just want to message us again personally. Maybe we can get some advice. Because <laughs> I honestly don't know how to answer this on here. More of the story. Do what you want to do. It's your life. There you go. Live it. <laughs> Live it to it's the better. fullest as long as it's not legal. If it's a shot you want to shoot, go ahead and shoot that thing. Because shoot. shoot. You just might make it. <laughs> you just Brandon, you'll make it. What's the next question? What, what's up, bro? <laughs> Moving on to the next question. If the world had to live without one popular TV show, what show would it be? Friends. Ooh, come on, man. This is the second time this man has did this. <laughs> what do you do with friends? I think the world needed friends. I just don't care for it. Is I mean what did it do for me? I can't really think of... Friends is a good show. I'll admit, I mean, it got to be a good show since a lot of people clearly like it. Yeah. I just... Me, personally, I used to watch Friends and I used to get bored. So that's been my beef with Friends this whole time. Like, it was just a boring show to me growing up. Okay. That can be a fair assessment. <laughs> so, yeah, I could definitely... I feel like the world can definitely live without Friends. If I was able to live without Friends, I feel like everyone else could. Because I don't really feel like it had that much of an impact as everyone makes it seem. Okay. It didn't. Like, it, it's kind of synonymous with Seinfeld. Like, there was no, there was never really any end game or never really any motive. Exactly. Like, the, the, the little Friends logo was cool to look at, but yeah, that's about it. Like, I didn't like anything about the show. Okay, that's fair. What about you, Brandon? I feel like the world... Okay, take this how you want. I feel like the world would be less toxic without power, but... <laughs> It, it would be. It would be less toxic. Oh, hold the phone. Oh. <laughs> Chris, I didn't say live without. I just feel like the world would be less toxic, bro. Hold the phone. I tried. I tried. <laughs> I can't believe what I have heard on this podcast today. See, that wasn't it. That was just that was just an early jab. I was I didn't even give my actual show yet, bro. Oh man. All right. Oh, he going for the full point. Right? Hit me with the knockout, bro. The game, not just playing. I just playing. I just playing. I just playing. I just playing. Play, play. 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 He off the podcast. He off the podcast. No, you gotta go. <laughs> I just playing. No, I don't really have one because like no show has really gave me any grime or mm. I didn't. I never. Oh, I take that back. Oh my gosh, it's this show on Netflix called The Between. If you watch that show and enjoy it. Your taste is terrible, and that's on everything. Bro, Jeanette McCurdy is the lead yeah, actress in that, that show. I thought that was that show. I was like, the it is so trash, and like I can't even be mad because I finished the whole thing. It was like twelve episodes, and it was two seasons. So you know, mm. six seasons, six seasons, or six episodes in one season. That show is terrible, but I was it was like halfway through, so I was like, I might as well finish. That show is hot, dumps the juice, bro. 
That it is bad. I wasted my time with that. But I'm glad I gave Chris two heart attacks. So there you go. <laughs> Man said power and the game. I'm done with that. I can't <laughs> that even. Just what's your pick, Josiah? To be honest, I, I don't really know right now. I was gonna say. I don't even know what I was gonna say. Like I feel like I don't have a show in my head right now that I would think just never needed to exist. Like period. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think I have one right now. I, I really can't think of one show. Uh, now that I'm older, and I know that back when I was a kid watching cribs, and now well now I know a lot of those people weren't owning those cribs. They was like, no. <laughs> that show can go. <laughs> I'm gonna say it, bro. Cribs can go. Bro, the funniest episode was with Red Man, bro. <laughs> he mm. had an apartment complex. He was a, with the he was a real door. boy. <laughs> that was hilarious. Red Man was a real one. But now that I know that some of these rappers, musicians, wasn't even their house. One rapper, there was, I mean, one singer, she was like, yeah, that's my uncle. Well, it was her uncle's house. She ended up saying, like, later on after the uh, Cribs interview. I don't even remember who it was. But now that I know they was out here for clout, because, I, I mean, when you think I, about it, bro, they're not going to pull up on these people's actual premises so people can pull up on them like that. <laughs> it, it did kind of make sense, though, Chris. <laughs> Look, man, they sold us a dream, and I wasn't going no more. I'm not going. <laughs> so, Cribs can go. Well, there you go. There's your picks for the shows that probably shouldn't have never existed. Um, continuing on, if you could visit any time period, what period you going to? I mean, there's not a lot of time periods that we're welcome in. That is true. <laughs> With our, our skin colors, we ain't really welcome. There's <laughs> not a lot of time periods we're welcome in. Uh, I would have to go. Can can it be a time period we already existed in? Sure. Why not? I mean, it's ours. Right. It's ours. <laughs> Put a spin right, on cool. it. Cool. I'll go back to the early 2000s. That's the age I am now. Okay. You, yeah, you made some I mean, mistakes. You trying to start over or something? You said what? You trying to start over or something? You made some mistakes? Uh, not so much start over. I mean, it was just, it was a good time in life. Never really had no complaints. I had, you know, you lose people, you lose relatives and everything. I love to go back to a time where I had like certain relatives back in my life, like my grandparents and all of that. You know, having a nice barbecue over grandma's house for a holiday, kicking back, relaxing with the family. I love to be able to do that at this age I am now. With, like back then. Yeah. So, okay. I'll love to go see that. Okay. What about you, Bren? Um, y'all know I'm an avid eighties fan, even though like Chris said, you know, Archon wouldn't really be as welcome in that time period. Uh but you know, I missed the, the, the prime Michael Jackson. So I feel like if I was to go back to the eighties, your boy would be in the leather jackets. Your boy would go see uh <laughs> your boy would go see uh what's it called? Back to the future. In theaters for the first time, for the first time, time, exactly. So, like all of my favorite movies were made in 1980. So, that that's that that would always be my time period to go back to. Yeah. Okay. For me, like I have a favorite time period, but I know I definitely would not be welcome in that time period. So, I would say one that I would be welcome in, like Brandon was saying, is probably the 80s. I, I would really love to be in the 80s. There's a lot of amazing stuff that happened during the time, especially you know Star Wars and all the goodness of all that. that that's <sighs> that would have been an amazing time to be alive. But if I could that, go to another time period and be welcome there, I would say like the 1500s, something like around that time. And I know y'all going to give me that look like why, but let me tell you why first. I think it was a lot of funny stuff that happened back then that nobody got to record, bro. 
What? I, like I death? Be, yes. There were some funny ways people died back in the day, bro. I wanted to be there to witness it all. What was like, like Did y'all just hear Sam fall down the stairs, bro? This man broke his ankle and died, bro. What? <laughs> the measles? <laughs> it was some crazy <laughs> stuff, bro. Take it, Chicken pox was deadly, my guy. <laughs> Bruh, like, okay, let me give you some background. Bro. Like, I read this story the other day that I think it was like, it was either a prisoner or a doctor or something like that. But they tried to treat him, bro, and they were like, you know what? We got to drain all his blood to treat him. And then the dude died like two days later, and they were like, I wonder what happened. Like, bro, I want to be there for that. Like, bro, y'all just killed that's this That's funny man. to you? It's, that's funny? It's not funny, but it's just like, bro, what are y'all doing? I want to be the person who realizes what happened killing, at that point. Killing people, that's what they're doing. Bro, I just wanted to be the person to experience it, just knowing that, dang, these people are really doing this. Like, what are they, you I doing? Thought, I thought Josiah was going to say some bullshit like like the 1920s or something. For what? <laughs> now, that's a wild time to be alive. I ain't trying to be here for the 20s. It was wars. <laughs> but you going to live during the time of diseases, malaria? <laughs> my hey, man. I knew about it, though. I know how to wash my hands. I'm bringing soap with me to that time period. I'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> You can stay there, bro. Don't come back here. <laughs> and I'm right it. in the Constitution that Chris ain't allowed in America. Get ready. Don't bring, don't bring none of that here. I'm writing in the Constitution, bro. Let's mm -hmm. see. The last question it's, we it's got. A, it's, hold on. It's all fun and games that Josiah end up with with whatever. Contracted with whatever. On, <laughs> don't put that on me, y'all. Don't put that on me. I, I see, I was, I was rolling with Josiah when he was like, uh, back during like the time when Star Wars films came out and everything. Cause I was like, hey, bro, imagine seeing the, like, the original cuts of like New Hope, uh, Empire Strikes Back, and fire, Return man. of Jedi. I mean, it'll be a fire. But looking like if you went back there with the knowledge you have now, so therefore you've seen all the remastered versions, you're gonna be real disappointed seeing that original <laughs> Just version. A little bit, of course. <laughs> like I mean, if you see the the original concept of the Emperor in the Empire Strikes Back, you're like, who is this man? <laughs> Literally, who is this man? <laughs> or or that part when uh Han is walking to the Millennium Falcon and Jabba pull up on him and it's a whole dude. It's, it's a like whole a fat dude. It's yeah. like <laughs> 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 Come on, bro, it wasn't there yet. We <laughs> I'd be in that movie theater disappointed, bro, if I got the knowledge I have now. This man wearing a bathrobe and sitting in actual Jedi rope, bro. It, it was a time to be alive, bro. It was a time. Let's see. The last question we have. Top MCU villains not named Thanos. Uh, MCU? Can, can we do Marvel? Like, period? Sure. Like, Thomas included? Well, I... Well, nah, because my character wasn't in the MCU since he's technically on Sony. But I say... Well, not necessarily the top, but my favorite, one of my favorites has always been Venom. I've been a, a fan of, like, Spider-Man, like, Spider-Man villains. So, like, Venom, yeah. Shocker, yeah. yeah, Green Goblin, Hobgoblin, Kingpin, all that. Yeah, those have been my, my favorites in the well, Marvel Universe. Mm -hmm. Okay, Brandon, what's you? My favorite has been Magneto for the longest of time, bro. Magneto just so hard. Like, he can do anything, everything. <laughs> Uh, so, but this is between like Magneto. I'm I'm a big fan of Carnage and Venom, and probably when I first, well, because at first I thought Doctor Doom was just like pretty basic, mm -hmm. but then when I found out like his powers, like you know his unlimited powers, I'm like y'all, Doctor Doom, some some serious. So it's probably between Magneto, Doctor Doom, and then of course Venom, Venom and Carnage. Okay, okay, for me. One of my picks are kind of regular guys, Taskmaster. 
Y'all don't know who Taskmaster is. He's a pretty regular person, but he's basically like he's basically like, like the slave of Marvel, if y'all know what I'm talking about. So yeah, I kind of like his character. Um, another person. I mean, he's about to be in the uh, the Black Widow movie. So yeah, so they gonna learn who's he is. He, he's pretty dope. He's pretty dope. And also like a uh, Red Skull. I don't know what it is about Red Skull, but he's kind of been like a huge villain to me. Like I always like his story and all that. So especially because he's pretty much everywhere in the Marvel universe. So I just always liked it about him. No one likes Galactus. I mean, Galactus is cool. Which version? <laughs> Whatever the, version you like, the planet eating one from the movies, or the one that's just a big tall dude. Both of them trash. <laughs> Come on, man. Big tall dude's the best like, one. Bro, I'm gonna just call up the Silver Server real quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that man's one job is really just to keep that man in check. That's crazy. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> they give you all this power just to keep this one man in check the rest of your life. <laughs> but if they really make him the new big bad. I'm not feeling it. <laughs> Come on, man. They can they can make him overpowered. How overpowered are we talking about? There's overpowered as it need to be to sell box office tickets. Huh? <laughs> Cause like at the the way I see it, there's no topping what they did with Thanos. Cause Thanos wasn't really like, of course he's powerful with the Infinity Gauntlet. But do you know how many other people was more powerful than Thanos with Infinity Gauntlet? Yeah, Shoot, uh, at the bottom Adam the Warlock was crazy with Infinity Gauntlet. Oh uh, yeah. So like, from a screen standpoint, it's gonna be like it's gonna be hard to top what Thanos was. Hard. Hey, they might find a way. They just gotta bring in the right superhero for the job. So we'll see. They gonna do it. Oh yeah, I don't want to see no more team up films, bro. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I'm getting tired of that. Come on, bro. What's wrong with team ups? Bro, it's like that that format starting to get old. That's another thing that's starting to get old. It, it's definitely getting because, old, but I remember like there was a time in our lives we were like, man, I wish these people would just team up once. Right, but now that we're older, it's like we don't really need that. And especially with the, uh, like what I said with Spider-Man when he first was quote-unquote leaving uh, in the MCU since yeah. he doesn't need that platform of a team-up film no more. Mm-hmm. But um, I just feel like who we have so far and who's coming out, they don't need the platform of a team up film. We like we don't need another team up film probably till like phase five. We don't need we do not need one for phase uh, phase four at all. Okay, I can yeah. agree with team ups like from the movie standpoint. I feel like the team ups that need to be happening is more from a TV two movie standpoint. I feel like there's a lot That's of good TV shows out there that can be teamed up in movies and can just work perfectly. Like the mm-hmm. Flash that is on uh, the CW. He definitely could have been the one in Justice League and did a better job. I think in my opinion. Like those are, that's the type of like team ups I want to be seeing happening. They need to find a way to make TV shows and movies come together somehow. It's hard. It's definitely hard, but they, they need to find a way. It'd be perfect, but like yeah, it's real hard. Yeah, but that's all for the questions we have for this week. So I'm gonna go ahead and throw it to Chris to get us out of here. Oh, you already know I'm the official outro man, so we gonna thank you for tuning in to another episode of Rogue Ones. It's your boy yeah, King Duke Sanity. Yes, sir. It's your boy King Duke Sanity, you know. Also with the window side three five two and Brando six one eight. I got it right this time, didn't I? I'm proud of you. Big facts. Yeah, got it right this time. Anywho. You already know, like I said earlier, you can find us on Instagram at RogueWars underscore podcast. You can follow us there. Show some love, support. Tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend. Listen in on Thursday at 3 p.m. for this episode. 
Uh, any other shout outs? We love y'all, man. We out. Jesus is the one. Brandon, get out of here. Mm. <laughs> Got him. <'em. laughs>